Welcome to the Lion's Den University Report. This program brings you a behind-the-scenes look at the spiritual life on today's university and college campuses. Now here's your host, Glenn Bailey. And uh, my guest today, we're continuing a broadcast uh, conversation with Dr. Daniel Dreisbach, professor here in the School of Public Affairs at American University in Washington, D.C. And uh, Daniel, welcome again to the program. Thanks for having me, Glenn. And we want to talk in this uh, session uh, about your uh, recent uh, book uh, called uh, Reading the Bible with the Founding Fathers. And I mentioned I got a copy when I took a tour over at the uh, American Bible Society in Philadelphia, and they gave all the ministers who were on the tour a free copy of the book, and that always helps me get a copy. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, I read through the whole thing, and a lot of the people that I've had on the program, uh, I haven't read their books, but they've, they've written a number. And actually, some interesting stories, even how some of the books are written. I think of uh, Mike B. He wrote the classic book on intelligent design, Darwin's Black Box. And the reason it was published was because a, a publisher's wife uh, was in a class where a professor identified himself as a Christian, uh, a science uh, biology class. And when her husband, the publisher, uh, was talking to her about a book he was thinking about publishing, uh, it was about science and religion, uh, he thought. And uh, he talked to her and she said, well, why don't you talk to my professor? Uh, he, uh, he said that his faith is the most important thing in his life in one of the ethics lectures that he gave. And so he called and after a 10 minute conversation, he decided to publish Darwin's Black Box. And so uh, a really historic book in the uh, intelligent design movement. But uh, today we're, we're uh, taking a different angle on how our faith applies to history and in particular the blessings of the United States of America, a great nation that uh, God has blessed over the centuries, and the influence of the Bible uh, in our nation. And so Dr. Daniel Dreisbach is the author of the book, Reading the Bible with Our Founders. And uh, Daniel, uh, how did you uh, get into studying these things and, and uh, how did you end up writing this book? Well, I have spent a good part of my professional life studying the American founding period. And by that, I mean the last third or so of the 18th century. This is a time in the life of the nation when Americans began to agitate for their rights as Englishmen and believing that they had failed to, to uh, assert those rights or be uh, given those rights by, by England. They then began to fight for independence. And having secured independence, they then have this very difficult task of building a new nation, the institutions, uh, the laws of this nation. And so this has been a, an area of great interest to me. And as any scholar of the American founding knows, there are shells filled with books on the influence of people like John Locke or Baron de Montesquieu on the American founding. Uh, but interestingly, there is no book that is more frequently cited in the political literature of the American founding era than the Bible. Mm -hmm. And yet, very, very little has been written on this subject. So I thought it would be worthwhile to look at what was the influence of the Bible on the American founders and the founding generation more broadly. Uh, 
it, does it merit attention? Does it merit study alongside some of these other influences that have been studied so extensively? And so I set out to, to write this book on how the Bible influenced the founding generation and how it shaped uh, some of their political and legal institutions. Right, and you um, extensively talk about uh, how even the Bible was so widely known at that time among the general public that a lot of the uh, leaders of the nation would cite scriptures without uh, giving a reference or, you know, just to mention a statement from scripture and everyone understood what they were talking about because that was a part of being a, a literate person in the early American history. That's right. Uh, this was a biblically literate society. Uh, many in the founding generation would have learned to read with a copy of the Bible in front of them. The Bible was the most widely owned book. And so just learning something as simple as learning to read, you would have in all likelihood have been reading the Bible. Uh, just a little bit of, of a background on Americans in 1776. Probably a, more than 98% of all Americans of European descent at that time would have identified with Protestantism. And about three-fourths of that number would have identified with the Reformed theological tradition. Um, and so uh, this, is a, this is a society that uh, was familiar with Christianity and, and, and Christian ideas. And so it's not going to surprise us that the Bible is going to shape the way they view some very basic things that you need to think about if you're going to build a new society, a new political order. It informed they, the way they thought about human nature, for example. This was a generation of Americans who believed that man was a fallen creature. They knew this from having read Genesis chapter 3. And right. so what did they do? They designed a system of government that took that into account. And so one of the first things that grabs your attention if you sit down to read the Constitution is that this is a document that's concerned with checking fallen human creatures. No power is going to be vested in a human actor unless that power is checked. Why? Because we understand human nature. And so we have end up with a system of government that is, that is very much focused on things like separation of powers and checks and balances. And I would argue that's a product of their understanding of what we read in Genesis chapter 3. This was a generation that saw in the Hebrew government uh, that we read about in Deuteronomy and Joshua and Judges, they saw a Republican form of government. And that suggested to them that Republicanism was a form of government that enjoyed divine favor. And because it enjoyed divine favor, it was worthy of studying. And so they were very much drawn to the idea of creating a Republican form of government because they believed they saw a model for that type of government in the Hebrew scriptures. Right. And so we see throughout uh, their, their uh, process of building a new nation, looking to scripture for models and precedents and principles that they could incorporate into their own political experiment. Right, and, and the, of course in the Declaration of Independence we find what is uh, one of the great unique features of American society is the belief that all are created equal and endowed by the Creator with unalienable rights, that these rights are not given by government, but by our Creator. 
and we need to return to that today. I think there's a misunderstanding of where rights come from and the importance of government, uh, that uh, God is still on the throne. Uh, but you also mentioned in your book how the Bible influenced the whole culture of that day and the other aspects of life. And one of the ones that stood out to me because of uh, my interest in the spiritual life on the universities was the in impact on the education system and the universities themselves. Uh, from the Bible, and, and in those days it was the King James Bible, wasn't it, that they That's predominantly uh, had. And so how did it influence uh, education, would you say, in, in terms of the early education system? Well, the Bible would have been in integral to education in America, and this goes back to the first settlements in the 17th century. Uh, one of the best-selling textbooks in all of American history is a little booklet known as the New England Primer. And this would have been a small uh, pamphlet uh, largely designed to teach the young to read. And it would have been filled with biblical ideas and concepts. Uh, there was an alphabet uh, um, uh, lesson uh, very commonly found in the New England Primer and it gave it started with a, each each idea started with a letter of the alphabet and uh, the letter A was in Adam's fall all, we all sinned right right um, and so there from the very beginning we see a biblical idea being woven into the educational process. Uh, I mentioned uh, earlier how the Bible would have been uh, uh, simply a part of learning to read. Uh, the King James Bible is a remarkable tool uh, for teaching people how to read. It has short words. It has very vivid language. It has a limited vocabulary, all of which makes the King James Bible an ideal tool for literacy education. But this is going to continue far beyond the elementary or secondary education level. And so we find that many of the, in fact, I might even say all of the early colleges and universities in America were founded to train ministers of the gospel. And we would have found the Bible at the very heart of the curriculum of these early colleges and universities in America. It would have just been an essential textbook on American campuses right. at that time. And I believe you uh, said in your book that all of the uh, presidents of the universities and colleges and most of the faculty were Protestant clergymen. That's correct. And, and that probably shouldn't surprise us because probably the best educated class or profession in America at that time would have been the clergy class. Uh, clergy were generally the best educated. Uh, they would have been trained in biblical language. Most of them would have gone to college and the like. So uh, to be a clergyman in the American founding era probably meant that you were a well-educated person. And if you were from a family that was perhaps not well-educated but you aspired, you would have wanted to learn at the feet of a minister, a clergyman. And so in all likelihood, you would have been tutored as a young person in the ancient languages, the biblical languages, and, and your minister would have helped prepare you for, for college. So the minister in, a, in any community would have been at the very heart of the education process. Right, and that's in contrast to the way people look at uh, Christians and uh, clergy today is more of the uneducated part of society rather than the educated part. Uh, but uh, uh, we are reminded that uh, in the scripture that we're to be students of the word of God. And 
uh, as uh, those people studied and they learned many languages uh, maybe some of the founders uh, that you can think of uh, who knew multiple languages uh, so they could study the Bible in those different formats that's right uh, quite a few of our American founders we know from their own records would have read the Bible uh, not only in English but they would have read it in in Hebrew and Greek especially uh, and uh, even Thomas Jefferson uh, actually created a, a little Bible where he had parallel passages of Scripture in different languages and so he could compare and contrast uh, the different uh, languages James Madison we know uh, read the Bible in multiple languages. One of our signers of the, uh, of the Declaration of Independence was John Witherspoon, uh, the leading Presbyterian in America, minister in America, and, and also the president of the College of New Jersey located in Princeton. We know that he was, was very uh, well versed in, in reading the Bible, not only in English, but also in Latin, in Greek, and probably in Hebrew as well. Mm -hmm. So this would, again, just been a part of the educated mind at the end of the 18th century. Great, great. Well, we would encourage our listeners to uh, look at, uh, find a copy of your book and read it if they would like to pursue more of this in detail of the many different quotes that are cited in places like George Washington's speeches and, and then throughout our history it uh, continues through you get uh, President Lincoln quoting scripture uh, quite extensively and uh, then we have a, our latest uh, holiday on the calendar is a Protestant uh, minister Baptist minister is Dr. Martin Luther King and of course his uh, speeches were filled with uh, biblical passages and he remained in the ministry because he believed the foundation for civil rights and the equality of human beings is based on the Christian, biblical, Judeo-Christian view of humanity that were made in God's image and were all special and valuable because of our Creator. Well, we invite our listeners to uh, uh, go to our website if you'd like to listen to this interview again. It'll be posted in a few weeks, and uh, but other interviews of the last few years are posted on the Lions Den University Report.org. And Dr. Dreisbach, thank you again for joining us for this edition. Thanks for having me. It's been a real joy. You have been listening to the Lion's Den University Reports. If you would like more information about the Christian life or would like to contact the Lion's Den or one of the guests, please write us at the Lion's Den, Post Office Box 226, Mifflinburg, Pennsylvania, 17844, or email ltcldur at yahoo.com.